Son came into the world to free us all from sin and death, breathe upon us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may be raised to new life in Christ and serve you all the days of our life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Few parts of the Bible offer richer imagery than Ezekiel, and particularly the Valley of Dry Bones. This vision reminds every generation that God not only gives life, but restores life, that death will not have the last word, even when all the signs of life have been taken away. As we journey through the rest of Lent, perhaps it would be valuable for us to consider what dry bones and dry times are represented in our own spiritual lives. What can we learn from the lonely and parched periods of our spiritual journey? St. John of the Cross in the 16th century wrote, The Dark Night of the Soul. This is part of the human experience. Most of us can point to periods of time when doubts, hopelessness, depression, fear, anxiety, among many other things, were prominent in our daily living. Certainly, hopelessness and despair were communal experience for the people of Israel at the time of Ezekiel's vision of dry bones. What could we possibly learn from these dry periods of life when we feel as disconnected and brittle as the bones in this story? Right now, in the life of our church community, we have people struggling with life-threatening illness, recovering from sickness, broken by grief, lonely and alone, tired and weak from caregiving, struggling with cabin fever during this quarantine, carrying heavy hearts because we can't see our loved ones in nursing homes or hospitals or even in our or their homes, fearful of losing their jobs in this pandemic, concerned how bills will be paid, hurting as they struggle with broken relationships, panic attacks, racing minds, and emotional breakdowns. The list goes on and on. As in our gospel story this morning, Jesus heard that Lazarus had died, and he went and called for Martha. Martha met him and was devastated by grief. Jesus was moved with compassion and wept over the death of Lazarus and felt the pain that Martha and Mary and other friends were experiencing. Jesus knows our broken hearts. He knows our dark times. He knows our emotional, physical, and spiritual pain. And he calls us by name and invites us to come to him. And he weeps for and with us. We know that God is good, that he is faithful. Nonetheless, our hearts are broken because we love well and the ones we love are hurting. What would a proper examination of our spiritual bones show us this Lenten season? What would we find out about our spiritual maturity if we looked at our spiritual bones? Would we show deficiency of a diet of study, reflection, prayer, Confession of sin, accountability, worship, and a meaningful relationship with God and his people? Who is God telling to preach to our bones? 
What words do we need to hear for our heart and life today? How do we open ourselves up to the life-giving Holy Spirit who is willing to breathe life on us? Can we envision our spiritual bones with new flesh and blood? Can we remove our grave clothes so that he can bring new life? Can these bones live? God asked Ezekiel, challenging the prophet and all who looked into the face of death, calling for a response. And Ezekiel answers, Oh, Lord God, you know. This vision is given to a people who have lost heart, who are suffering a death of spirit, a living death and exile in a foreign land. Their temple has been destroyed. Their holy city plundered. Their leaders injured and put in chains. Their soldiers put to the sword. Their young men and women either killed or dragged off into a foreign land. Ezekiel witnesses the heart of his people gradually wither and die, becoming as lifeless as a valley of dry bones. Can these bones live? That is what God asks us. They were exiles in despair, literally without spirit. They can see no future. The feelings the people experienced are described in verse 11. And they are feelings we all at one time or another have experienced. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. And there's nothing left in us. This vision is true today when so many in the world have had their own experience of dry bones, literally and metaphorically. Our earth has been fashioned into massive graveyards of dry bones, valleys of desolation. From countries in Africa to the Middle East and other places, from the gang slangs and drug wars in our cities, to all those um, places lacking food or drink or clothing or shelter or any respect for life, to 685,000 plus cases of the coronavirus worldwide with 32,000 plus deaths as of this morning, March 29th at 8 a.m. Not only is there a physical toll people pay, but also a spiritual death that poverty, natural disasters, genocides, pandemics bring that reduce people to a place of dry bones. The question this morning is, can these bones really live? We hear a promise that only God can give. God tells the prophet to speak to these bones saying, I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. And God promises not only muscles and flesh and skin, but God calls the breath to come from the four winds and breathe the Holy Spirit upon these bones. Lent moves quickly to Holy Week and even to the three great days during Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, can the bones of a crucified man live? We are only two weeks away from that moment on Easter when we renew our baptismal promises. Do we renounce the devil and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? Do we renounce the empty promises and deadly deceits of the world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do we renounce the sinful desires of the flesh that draw you from the love of God? And do you turn to Jesus Christ and confess Him 
as your Lord and Savior? Do you joyfully receive the Christian faith as revealed in the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? Will you obediently keep God's holy will and commandments and walk in them all the days of your life? Can these bones live? Yes, Lord, most definitely, yes. The dry bones represented the people's spiritual, spiritually dead condition. Some churches are like a heap of dry bones, spiritually dead, little signs of life. Now, personally, I think All Saints is far from spiritually dead. But what I would say, we have some dry areas that need the breath of God's Holy Spirit. And that is probably true of every church, if we are really, truly honest. It is true for each one of us. But just as God promised to restore his nation, he can restore any church community, any dry heart no matter how dry or dead it may be or seem to be. A warning for each of us, though. Be careful how we judge others or a church community, what we use as a test for spiritual life. It is best to examine our own dryness and deadness and then let the wind and the breath of the Holy Spirit bring life into and through us. Pray for the wind of God to blow, the bre- the, to breathe on us rather than give up or move to another church down the road. Don't forget, they are probably dead in some areas too. And remember, the grass always looks greener on the other side until we are there about two or three months, maybe six. And then reality hits us in the face and we realize that they have challenges and struggle struggles just like we do. And if truth be known, we probably brought that dryness with us. The problems often follow us. I encourage all of us this morning not to give up. Pray for life. Prophesy life. Speak life. Embody life. Life is contagious. It is caught more than taught. The hope and prayer of every church is that God is bringing new life into dry communities. And it starts in our own hearts. Some of us this morning may feel dry and lifeless. This is a picture of our powerlessness. Recognizing our powerlessness is a good thing and often the first step to life and to wholeness. So often in these situations, we look in the wrong places for this void to be met. However, may we throw ourselves on God so that He can give us life. Are we ready? Are we willing? We're called on always, especially during Lent, to look at our own dryness and to act on it. We are called not to remain dry or dead, but to be raised to new life, to to new birth, to a fresh and new encounter with Jesus, to drink from His living water because this new life and new birth and fresh encounter in living water, the wind of the Holy Spirit changes everything. Some of us might be spiritually dry or dead because our faith is purely intellectual. We believe the right things. We adhere to the creeds, the confessions, the doctrines of the church. But there might be little to no life in us. We simply go along with tradition for tradition's sake. 
We need to be reminded of something vitally important. There is nothing wrong with tradition and ritual. However, it is terribly wrong when we substitute a relationship with God for traditions and rituals or anything for that matter. Others of us might be dry or dead because we have a total lack of relationship. We are not moved by the worship of the church, by songs and prayers, by the sacraments, by the word read and proclaimed, and the practice of spiritual disciplines. It is there, but it isn't real. It doesn't touch us in the inner depths of our being. And our relationship with God and others feels cold, numb, dry, and dead. Other, others of us might be dry or dead because we are so emotional. And when we don't get our emotional fix, our high, we judge and we seek to get it somehow, putting trust in our emotions and not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And eventually we realize that we can have emotional highs after emotional highs in communal worship, and it is only an inch deep and a mile wide. We might be dry and dead because we chase the latest trends and fads in the church scene. And after a while, it leaves us wanting and numb and disillusioned. We get tired of emotionally driven, surface-based living. You know, others of us might be dry or dead because we are judgmental. We are self-appointed and self-called policemen and modern-day Pharisees in the body of Christ. We feel compelled to share and to share often our criticism, condemnation, evaluation, and disapproval. We might be stuck in a particular time period and resist change. In other words, we are in a time warp. And our famous saying might be, we've never done it that way before. This attitude makes us and others around us miserable and it stunts our growth. There is certainly nothing wrong with having personal preferences, as I have them too. But we must learn to mature and to grow up. Maturity and wisdom involve knowing when to keep our preferences to ourselves, not making our preferences the standard for everyone else and using our preferences to judge others. This judgmentalism makes us dry or dead. It sucks the Spirit of God right out of us. As we know, Father God is always at work. And everything we go through, let him expose what is in our hearts, our dryness, deadness, frustrations, impatience, loneliness, judgmentalism, etc. until we change. Until we are transformed and life and resurrection takes place and the breath of God blows. The God who raised Lazarus from the dead can raise us from our intellectualized and nominal faith and from our judgmental hearts and attitudes. As Jesus called forth Lazarus, so God can resurrect us to new life. Our spiritual journey this week prepares us to walk the road to Jerusalem and to enter into the final stages of death with our Lord during Holy Week. This is the way to experience salvation and deliverance. We must know who we are and where we fall short of truly following after Jesus Christ. 
The key is to loosen the rags of self-righteousness. To take off those grave clothes that keep us captive and enslaved. Take them to the grave so that we may rise with Jesus Christ. This is how Lent orders our spirituality. The high point of this gospel story is in verses 25 and 26. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Verse 39 says, roll the stone away, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. This smell will be terrible. When we are dead in our sins, there is a stench. There's a terrible smell. Because our life is dead and decaying, we throw off an offensive odor. In what ways are we decaying and rotting? In what ways do we throw off an offensive odor or a bad smell? What ways are we dry, lifeless, and dead? We must acknowledge this before we can experience His life. And lastly, I encourage you, be alert, be aware, be honest and humble, be vulnerable and teachable. St. Paul tells us in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to be using the Message Bible and some of even of my own editions here, but listen to this in a paraphrase. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, our quarantined, lonely, fearful, dry, impatience, frustration, financial concerns, and health fears, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God has done for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking, like remaining impatient and fearful and anxious and panic-stricken and dry and dead. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. May we not reduce our spiritual life to Sunday services or even morning, midday, evening, and Compline prayer as vitally important as these are. We take our everyday, ordinary life everything that happens in it, and we place it before God as an offering. Because we're fixing our attention on Him. Readily recognizing what He wants from us and quickly responding to it. God brings the best out of us. He develops well-formed maturity in us for His glory and purposes and use. Let us pray. Father God, may we be honest before you and one another regarding the areas of our life that are dry and dead. We fix our attention on you. and May you come and bring new life. 
blow on us the Holy Spirit. Raise us from the dead. And we ask all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.